I'm Dave Clausen. Uh, I am one of the leaders in the church, part of the elder team, and you know this is a, a different Sunday for us. Uh, it's a topic we've never talked about before, and um, it was interesting as a leadership team. We've been talking about this for two two plus years, and you might call it membership. I would rather call it a community covenant or a common life covenant, as Jim said. And it was interesting as we talked about. This, you know, we, we've, we've been hammering this out, what it would look like for a couple of years. And we finally get it hammered out, and Jim goes, well, who'd like to talk on it? And he's like, here I am, send me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was, I got to tell you, though, as I worked on this message, this is one of the hardest messages I've worked on. And, and I think the reason is that it, uh, it's complex. You know, for some, when we talk about covenanting together. It brings up a lot of emotions, maybe negative or neutral or, or positive. But I, I want to approach this topic with some sensitivity, and that's been one of the things I've been praying about. But the other one is that when we talk about the idea of covenanting together, we are stepping into a stream of biblical history. We're stepping into 4,000 years, almost, of biblical history. And we can't understand what it is to covenant with each other unless we have this understanding of what's in the Bible about covenants. And how God covenants with us and how we covenant back with Him. And then we covenant with each other to live out the covenant that we promised to Him and He's promised to us. And I thought, how do I cover all this in less than about four hours? So, I'm not going to do that. We're going to spend a little bit, maybe a half an hour or so. But, but here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to pray. And just ask God one more time to speak and, and to lead us this morning, because this is an important morning for our body. So let me pray. Father, we, uh, we look to you, um, and we ask you to lead and guide us this morning. Open your word, open our eyes, open our hearts. But I, I pray, if nothing else, we would see the beauty of Christ and the beauty of the church and how, you, how you've made us. When we work, it, it's fantastic. So open our eyes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so as I said, you know, my challenge this morning is I want to cover some of that topic, that, that stream, that 4,000 years of, of history that's gotten us to this point. But I want to do it in a very cursory fashion. I found this video online. Do you mind playing it, Mackenzie? Thank you. 
that great? So that's kind of how I feel this morning, of trying to explain covenant to you. And you may come away just as confused as she was. But the, but the reason she's so funny is because you've seen the movie, right? And you understand the story. So if you don't understand this story of covenant and all, we'll have some opportunities to talk about it in outside of this morning. But if you do, I want to challenge you, let's walk into this stream together this morning to understand this rich idea that we're embarking on. So, and as we do that, um, I, let me say two things. And, and the first one is that um, covenant, or what we, we sometimes call membership in the church, is not a modern Western concept. It is not. It's a deeply rooted biblical concept that if we had the time, we could start back in Genesis 2 and just walk that thread clear through Scripture and church history to today. So don't, don't buy into the lie that this is a modern thing of the Western world. It is not. But secondly, and, and this is, you know, I, I always try to summarize what I'm going to say into a singular idea that I hope is clear. And, and this is it. So if you take nothing else away this morning, this is it. That as, as a church and as individuals, we need to commit together to move towards Jesus. I just can't simplify what I'm going to say any more than that. That as a church and as individuals, we need to commit together to move towards Jesus. That's what we're going to talk about this morning is how we do that, and, and that that is when you look at the sheep before you that was hit on your, on your chair, that's all it's about, is moving together, committing to move together towards Jesus. So we're going to, here's my outline, do you mind bringing it up? So you can follow along, I'm going to talk about our identity. Our identity as a church, and then how we got here, and I'm going to try to get to that, some of that 4,000 year history. And then I want to talk about how do we think about this covenant together? And then lastly, what are we asking you to do? So let's start with our identity. And I want to talk, we, we've been in 1 Peter as a church, but I want to go back to where we, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, because this helps shape, it, it's one of these snapshots of our identity as the body of Christ, as a local church. It says, but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. So, and what Peter, what's interesting is Peter is covering here identity. Our identity is a community. And, and he's using language that, remember who he's writing to? He's writing to Jewish Christians who had been scattered from Jerusalem, where the mother church was, and they were scattered all over the Middle East. And, and, and so when, when a Jewish Christian heard these words, he knew exactly, she knew exactly what Peter was talking about. He was talking about covenant. This is all covenant language from the Old Testament about God's people. And so, so they would have known immediately what, what, what Peter was talking about, this idea that we're a covenant people. But I also want to say it's, it's lost in the English. This is a y'all. Like, I'm from Texas, so what, what it needs to be is all y'all. This is not individually. This is not who you are as an individual. It is true we have an individual identity in Christ. But this is about us as the community of Christ. This is our identity. That we have a communal identity together. And with that communal identity comes a responsibility to those in the community. 
And it also involves a mission. Did you catch the mission? It's to proclaim. It's to proclaim. Now to who? Well, certainly those in Lawrence and around the world, those who are not yet in the community, but it's also to proclaim to each other what God has done within the community. See, that's what Peter's getting at. Our identity involves two things. A, a communal identity and a communal responsibility that comes out as two individuals in that identity, but then a mission that we're on. And we have a responsibility to that too. So what Peter is saying here is that you have an identity as part of this church. It's part of a broader identity in the, in the body of Christ, but, but we have an identity. Now where do we get this idea of covenant? Because I mentioned Peter's using covenantal language here, and, and his readers would have understood, oh yeah, he's getting a covenant. Oh yeah. So how did we get here, if you don't mind going? I, ooh, I wanted to go so bad starting in Genesis 2, and then walking all the way through. And seriously, we would be here till tomorrow. And, and I just thought, I can't do it. But, but I, I think it's important to get this picture that God is covenanting with us. And then what his people are doing throughout Scripture is covenanting back to him and then covenanting with each other that we're going to live out the covenant. And so I want to just take you to, to a couple of snapshots in Scripture. One is Genesis 15 where we get this great picture of God covenanting with us. And it's with Abraham. And, and I'm not going to read it because of time. But I am going to walk you through the story. Because chapter 15 of Genesis is, is this most amazing picture of how God covenants with us. If you remember it, God says to Abraham, I'm going to give you heirs. And he's like, heirs? I'm 90. How do I get heirs out of this? He says, I'm going to have to give everything I've got. And he was a pretty wealthy man. Everything I've got, I'm going to have to give to my servant so that I can kind of adopt him and he can carry on the line. And God says, no, 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 no. Abraham, look up. See all those stars in the sky? Start counting. Because that's how many descendants you're going to have. Abraham says, ooh, cool. And then God says, one more thing. You've looked up, now look around. Because... See all this land, every direction around you? I'm going to give that to your descendants. And Abraham's going, whoa. How will I know I'll be dead? Hmm. How will I know? And that's where God says some interesting things. He says, okay. Because uh, in verse 8, he says, Sovereign Lord, how can I know I'll gain possession of it? And then God says something really odd to Abraham, which if you don't understand covenant, it's like, what? What? God says, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Now, Abraham would have immediately understood what was going on, but we don't do this too often in the church. Um, and partly, maybe it's because we rent this space. I don't know, they wouldn't like it on the carpet. Um, but anyway, so, so the, the point is, Abraham immediately knew what was going on, because in the in from Abraham's time and even preceding him early on, this is how a covenant was made. And what Abraham knew immediately is, I'm going to cut all these in half. I'm going to take this heifer, I'm going to cut it in half, I'm going to put one on each side. Make a little walkway. And I'm going to take the goat. I'm going to do the same thing. The ram, same thing. I'm going to kill the, the birds and put one on each side. Because when a covenant was made in the Old Testament, what you did was you cut an animal in half. And then the two people who were covenanting together, they would walk through the two halves 
simultaneously. And what they were saying, in essence, was, may God do to me what we just did to these animals if I break this covenant. Do you get what's going on here? So, so, so Abraham's already, yeah, okay, God, let's walk. Let's do this thing. And God says, no, 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 I'm going to put you to sleep. And, and literally, he puts Abraham asleep, and he walks through alone. Now, why is that significant? Because it means when God covenants with us, it's one-sided. It, it has nothing to do with us keeping the covenant. And what God was saying, in essence, is, Abraham, if I don't deliver on this promise, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. In essence, if I don't fulfill this, I have to commit theistic suicide. Impossible, of course. God can't die. But that's the point. He can't lie either. And so he, God walks through alone. And, and this is the start of covenant. And if you look through Scripture, God is constantly making covenants with His people. Some of them really big. Some of them small. But this is one of the watersheds. And, and do, you, do you catch how this is this idea of God is making a covenant with, with, with Abraham, with his people, with his future people? And then, and then what, what's appropriate is we as his people respond to that covenant. Now, I just want to stop because do you see the foreshadowing here of blood and how this is foreshadowing Jesus? What, what did Jesus do? It's all on him. It's not on us. We don't earn any of it. It's that covenant that God has made through Jesus now is all on him. Isn't that interesting? So, but have then God's people covenant back to God, and they covenant with each other. And you know, a great example is in Exodus 30, uh, 24, verses 3 to 8. And again, I'm not going to read it. But in this context, the people have come out of Egypt. They've, they've had all the sin. Moses has been up on the mountain. He comes down with the Ten Commandments. And what, what Moses does is he reads the Ten Commandments. And the people respond a couple of times in here. And I, I'm just going to read a couple of verses, 3 here and 7. It says, when Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice, everything the Lord has said we will do. And then in verse 7, then he took the book of the covenant, God's covenant, and he read it to the people, and they responded, we'll do everything he has said, we will obey. And then in verse 8, and then Moses took blood, interesting again, he sprinkled it on the people, and said, this is the blood of the covenant. Remind you of some words that Jesus said? This is the covenant in my blood. This is the blood of the covenant, as the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. And, and what the people were doing is saying, God, you made this covenant with us. Now we're responding back to you. We're going to covenant with you that we will obey these words. But we're also going to covenant with each other that we will keep this covenant together. I'm going to encourage these people. They're going to encourage me. We're going to live this out together. As your people. Now we know they didn't do a great job of that. But, but a second example. You know the whole book of Deuteronomy? It's a covenant. Chapters 1 through 26. God's just describing how do you live out the covenant. And then in 27 to 31, the people respond back and say, we're going to do it. This is our covenant. They ratify that covenant. So, and this is what, like, you know all the festivals and sacrifices they did in the spring and the fall, the seven different ones annually? All that's just covenanting together. They're reminding themselves of the covenant God has made, and they're saying each year, each spring and fall, we're going to obey. We're going we're to live out this covenant back to God and to each other. 
And the early church did the exact same thing. They just bolted Christianity onto Judaism until persecution came about, like Peter. And, and persecution started to scatter the church, and suddenly they couldn't all be centralized. And so the church started to figure out, well, how do we, how do we fit in? And we do it through confessions and, and our sacraments, like the Lord's Supper, like baptism. And the early church began to become spread out throughout the globe. The commitment to the covenant still there as a group, as all Christians. But it started to become local that these covenants were made. It started to become a local event. And that's the tradition we've walked into this morning. It starts in chapter 2 of Genesis, and it just carries all the way through to today. That God's people have always responded this way. And they've always responded. Local bodies have, have been responding back. We're going to covenant. We're going to keep the covenant God's made. So that's how. Let, let's talk about how we think about a church covenant. So what are we really talking about when you see this sheet before you? And, and let me... <laughs> Thank you. Um, let me just say, uh, first of all, what, what a church covenant is not. What we don't want this to be. And the first thing, and Jim said it, is it's not exclusive. Um, the last thing in the world that we as a leadership team want is that when we think of making a covenant with each other, that, that we're going to do it in such a way that it feels like a club, where some people are in and some people are not. And if you're not, it's uh, you feel judged or <laughs> excluded or second rate. You know, that, this covenant is not a badge that we flash to each other. It's not a secret handshake that some of us know and some don't. That, that is not what it is. It's not a sign of how spiritual we are to covenant with each other. That is not what this is about at all. And that's my second point of what it's not. It's not a sign of spiritual maturity. You know, for some reason, I, I think we're always drawn as people to try and figure out what's in and what's out. And in the church, we're always trying to figure out, well, are, are they really a Christian or are they not? Are they really a disciple or are they not? And I think, man, this is where I wanted to spend some time, but um, I, I think if you look at the, the church in Scripture, if you look at Jesus especially, it is very hard to tell who is a disciple and who's not. What I think you see in the life of Jesus is that those who are moving towards Jesus are disciples. And those who are moving away from Jesus are not. And so, so what, what I want to say is this covenant is about we are committing to move towards Jesus. It's not how mature you are. It is not some sign that I've arrived. We're moving towards Jesus. Wherever you're at today, it's a commitment. I'm going to move towards Jesus. So and then, and I heard this week... Um, you know, I hope that, that even with church membership, you feel like you do not have to be perfect. Because uh, Lord knows we are not. I, I heard someone say this week, uh, the church should be saying, come as you are, but don't stay as you came. And I like that. I really like that. We, come as you are. It, covenant as you are. But don't stay as you came. So, um, and, then, and then lastly, I want to just make sure you, you understand, it's not a set of behaviors. This is not about, I've prayed a prayer, I've been baptized, 
I pray a certain way, I serve a certain amount, I give a certain amount, I do all these things, and that makes me part of the club or the set. That is not what this is about. This is a mutual commitment to move towards Jesus. I'm going to just keep saying that again and again this morning. We're moving towards Jesus, and that's what we're committing to. So what does it mean to covenant with each other? Well, I I just said it. It, 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 What it doesn't mean is those things. What it does mean is that we are committing. We're covenanting. It's, again, this idea of a very serious commitment that we're going to together move towards Jesus. Together we're going to do that. Um, that, That you are going to commit to Rock Hill, and Rock Hill is going to commit to you that together we're going to help each other get there. We're going to help each other keep moving towards Jesus as a church. And, and what that means is, is I think what we're hoping is that it creates, just as our small groups do, as I hope our Sunday morning does, is a sense of mutual accountability and mutual responsibility that, that you are not alone, and I am not alone. But together, when I'm weak, you're going to carry me. When you're weak... I'm going to carry you. But we're going to keep moving forward towards Jesus. Does that make sense? That's what this is about. So what are we asking you to do? Well, I realize that for some of you, you you hear this concept of committing or joining a church, if you will, or membership or community covenant or common life covenant, however we want to call it. I realize that that brings up an emotional response. You know, like, I don't trust organized religion. I don't like people in my grill. I don't know. Uh-uh, this is not for me. Great. If it's not for you, it's not for you. Um, I, I would just say, if you're struggling with this concept, don't do it. We get it. Don't do it. Um, but, but the one thing I would ask you, don't stay there. Because those, those objections we have, those emotions we have, are all about me. And the church is not about me. We, we, we experience the greatest benefit of the church when it quits being about me and it becomes about others. It becomes about Jesus in others. And so I, I just want to encourage you, if you have those issues, let's work through them. That's part of moving towards Jesus. And if you're not ready to commit, don't. That's fine. But understand, start praying about why. Why is that? And we'd love to be here. Um, so, so we get it. And then, you know, I think, I think what we're seeing is, or what we're hoping is that as, as we see each other commit, it encourages us to commit. Does that make sense? That, that as I look around and I see this group around me that, man, they're committed to going in that direction towards Jesus, that it encourages me. I want to go there. I, I want to go with them. I, I want to be part of this. So I, I, I hope that's what it is, that indi- as individuals we're committing, but, but then as together we're finding more than we could ever find as individuals alone. So um, I think, again, it's to declare that we're that community. This is our identity. And we're on a mission together. And, and we're going to get there. Um, and, and, and I would just say this. Um, in a very real sense, I don't think it even matters if you're a Christian at this point. Are you moving towards Jesus? Because if you, if you look at the sheet, one of the first things is personal faith in Christ. You may not be there quite yet, 
Are you committed to going there? To figuring it out? To taking it as far as you possibly can towards Jesus? Commit. I, I think that's what it is. This is not a set of, of milestones. You have to have all of them together in order to join or be a member or, or covenant. I think you have to be moving in that direction and figuring out how do I keep moving. You know, obviously we want you to have faith in Christ. We want you to be baptized. We want you to be part of this body in all the ways described. But the most important thing is that you are continuing to commit to move towards Jesus, and we want to be there with you. So I was trying to come up with, a, with something that I could illustrate this from my own life, and I was thinking long and hard about what am I trying to say, and have I had anything in my experience that, that sort of gets to this? And I, I thought back about a dozen years ago. At, at the time, I still had knees. And I, was, I enjoyed running. And I had ran um, a little bit. And then I, I tried a few races. And I did like the 10Ks. And then eventually I did a half marathon. And then one day I was like, I'm going to run a marathon. And I didn't do anything. I started reading a little bit and talking to some people. And it was like, yeah, I'm... I, you know, I'm going to do a marathon. But then I signed up for the Kansas City Marathon, and then things started to change. Because I knew six months from now, I'm going to be running 26.2 miles. And all of a sudden, it was affecting the way I thought, the way I ate, the way I trained, who I talked to, how I read. I mean, it, it changed. When I, when I heard myself commit, it changed my behaviors and my thoughts and my attitudes. Um, you see, I, I think there is something really important about hearing yourself say, I commit. I'm going to do this. And I, I think that's the opportunity. This, this isn't about us, that we've got to pull people in. This is about, I hope you're hearing yourself say, I, you know, I commit. Now, now, what happens if you do covenant with us? Well, you're saying you're committed. You're committed to that identity. You're committed to the mission. You're committed to this body, and you're going to help us, and we're going to help you. What happens if you don't covenant with us? Well, I hope you don't see anything different from the way we're treating you. I, I hope you sense that we are always committed to you, no matter where you're at. See, I will say you won't experience some of the things, but it's probably because you're excluding yourself from them. It's not, I hope, because we're saying, well, you're not one of us, so we're not going to love you. We're not going to help you. So I, I just want to highlight a few things out of that covenant. If you pull that sheet on your chair or in your, on the floor around you, you know, this is about, we're just committing. I'm going to commit to share life together. I'm going to commit to discipleship. I'm going to commit to gather regularly. I'm going to commit to love you and to be loved by you. I'm going to commit to generosity. And, and I'm going to commit to that mission that we talked about. I'm going to commit to prayer. Now, we're not going to have like a, a sign-up time altar call or anything like that this morning, so just don't worry about that. Um, some of you may be ready to commit this morning. Some of you won't, and that's fine. But, but do you hear the commitment? I want you to just look through those words. I think underneath all of it is that idea that we are moving towards Jesus. And that's what we're asking you to commit to. 
And I hope even if you can't sign this, that that's still the commitment you're making personally, that you will move towards Jesus. So, so why covenant with us? Because your life's going to fall apart. Because my life is going to fall apart. It's just life. And when you fall apart, we want to be there. When I fall apart, I want you there to help me. Get me through it. When I'm not interested in following Christ because I'm going through one of those really dry times, I want to hear you're committed to me. And I want you to know I'm committed to you. Does that make sense? This is what covenant's about. Now, I mentioned um, that I tried marathoning for a little while. Not too long. My knees gave out. But in that, I had a great experience and a terrible experience. The, the terrible experience was the uh, Eisenhower Marathon in, in Abilene. It's an out and back, which means you run 13.1 miles out, and then you come right along that, stream, stream, uh, that same exact course back. And here's what was so discouraging. We weren't all running in the same direction. Because I hit mile 10, and, and i got to tell you, I wogged, which is an old man jog. It's, it's just one notch above a walk. You know what I'm talking about? So, so I hit about mile 10, and the rabbits who were young and had knees and were well in front of me, they're coming back. And I'm starting to watch these guys, and there was a smug look on their face. Oh yeah, I was slow. And I knew it. And what, all I could think about as I was running was, I have so far to go. I am so slow. This thing's going to kill me. And I've got to tell you, marathoning is, is, it is physical, but it's all mental. It is all mental, and you can give up so easily in that environment. And I wanted to give up, because these guys weren't running the same direction. They were running against me. But the good experience I had was the Kansas City Marathon. It's a loop. You don't go out and back. You go round. And so what's great about that is we're always going in the same direction. We're going towards the finish line together. And I knew some people had finished two, three hours ahead of me. That was fine. Because I knew it could be done. And that was just a cool feeling to me. I wasn't discouraged that I was slow. I was encouraged that others were already there and getting there. And and I had a a, a picture that really made, um, during that marathon, I had uh, an event happen that was just, I think, solidified for me this idea. Um, I was maybe about mile 20. It's a pretty hilly course, and by then you're feeling the fatigue, and the hills are starting to get steeper and steeper. They feel worse and worse. And I'm looking up ahead of me, and there is a really muscular guy who's obviously, he's probably 15 years younger than me, but he's running a little bit, and then he'd stop. And he'd run a little bit, and then he'd stop. And of course, even I can catch someone doing that. And so I catch up to him, and I I just stop, because at that point I knew I wasn't going to win the race, but... Um, but I, I, I stopped and I, I just talked to him and said, so what's going on? How are you doing? And he's going, I'm cramping. I, I don't think I can finish this thing. And I, I can't hardly walk. And, and so I said, well, you know, um, why don't you run with me? And, and he said, I, I don't know that I can. I said, well, okay, let's do this. Let's run walk. We'll run three minutes and we'll walk a minute. We'll run three minutes and walk a minute. Let's see if we can get through this thing. And he said, great. So we start walking together. And, and uh, 
And I found out his name is Mike. Mile 21. I found out about his family. Mile 22. We're talking that he's in the Air Force. He's from Nebraska. Mile 23. 24. 25, we're talking about spiritual things. 26. 26.2, we crossed the finish line. Here's what I learned. That was such a powerful picture. Not because I set a record. I did not. (laughs) I know it's shocking. But I wasn't in the winner's circle. I wasn't in the newspaper. But I saw the power of committing with someone, of encouraging, of getting alongside someone towards a common goal. So that's what we're looking at when we ask you to think about committing. That event showed me, I think, a different perspective out of Hebrews 12. You remember Hebrews 12? Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And just a few verses later, it says this, in 12 and 13, Therefore strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. That's the covenant. We're asking you to consider committing, not because we care about your signature, but because we care about you. Because together we need to be able to cross miles 20 and 21 and 2 and 3 and 5 and 6. So let me do this. Again, there is no altar call. There is no... Sign it now and put it in the box. If you, if you want to sign it, that's great. Jim's going to come up and just explain. Do you mind coming up, Jim, and, and, and explaining just um, some additional ways that if you're not ready or you're thinking about this, how we can help you. Um, but while he comes up, I'm, I'm going to pray, and, and you come up, and maybe the, do you, the worship team, do you mind coming up? Father, this is a race we were never meant to run alone. And, uh, gosh, it is so neat to know you're committed to us, that you have covenanted with us. Um, And you call your people throughout the history of the church, the history of the Bible, that we need to covenant back with you individually, corporately. And then we need to covenant with each other to commit to saying we're going to help each other get there. We're going to live out the mission that you've called us to as a body. So Lord, lead us as individuals, as a church. This is important. In Jesus' name, amen.